Welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll, recording from the Red Sea Radio Global Studios at St. Mary's Catholic Center in College Station, Texas. Whether you are listening on Red Sea Radio in College Station, Bryan, Waco, Palestine, or if you're listening on St. Michael Radio in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or you're on the podcast, welcome in. Thanks for being here on our final Advent show. Guys, Christmas is a week away. This is crazy. If you're listening live on Thursday, it's days away. This is, I cannot believe how quickly it has gotten here. It's been a good Advent for me. For me, I hope it has been for you as well. Today, we're going to talk some more about Advent since it is our last chance to do so in 2017. Uh, we're going to start the show off by, t- uh, I'm going to share a song that's been stuck in my head all Advent and tell you a cool story about that. We're going to look forward to uh, this Sunday's Advent reading. So if you haven't heard by now, this weekend is going to be absolutely crazy because the fourth Sunday of Advent is this Sunday. Christmas is on Monday. (laughs) So it's causing this whole kerfluffle. I think that's a word. So Saturday night, you know, like a typical weekend. Let's just go through a typical weekend first. There's like typically a Saturday night mass, some Sunday morning masses, and a Sunday night mass. I attend the Sunday night mass and all it always counts towards my Sunday obligation because that's how it works. All of a sudden this week now, if I go to mass on Sunday night, I'm a bad person because I miss mass. I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) What's actually happening here? So if you haven't heard, now you will. Sunday night or Saturday night is the vigil for the fourth Sunday of Advent. Sunday morning and until I believe it's 4 p.m. is the fourth Sunday of Advent. If you go to Mass after four, said 4 p.m., it is now Christmas Eve. <laughs> then the next day is Christmas. So now the church is asking you, not only, not only are you obliged to go to Mass once on Sunday, but twice. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you, you, there is the option to go like Sunday and then go on Monday. For like, you know, like if you went Sunday morning and Monday morning, that's fine. So, n- no, no, no. So... Yeah, technically you could do any weird thing, right? You could go Sunday morning and Monday morning. That would be your Advent and your Christmas. You could go Saturday night and Sunday night, and that's your Advent and your Christmas. But don't you dare go once on Sunday night or you'll be a sinner. I'm frustrated by the whole thing. but So here, what we're going to do is I'm going to talk about the Sunday readings for the fourth Sunday of Advent. Because I feel like a lot of you aren't going to go. So, <laughs> so uh, and I think they're just going to get overshadowed because like you go to mass, let's say you go to mass Sunday morning, you hear these readings about anticipating Jesus. And then six hours later, he's here. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. This is all kind of weird to me. So we'll dive into that. In the second segment, we have a, each, you know, typically our, uh, our guest segment, we do have a guest today, but we have a funny story about how that, ha- how uh, booking this guest happened. And then in the final segment, we're going to play a game with said guest and producer Sam uh, called True or False Christmas Edition. Uh, there will be statements from the Christmas story, and you have to tell me if it's true or false. You can play along with us. Uh, so stick around with us until the end. It's going to be a good time. So here's where we're going to get started. Well, first, a little, uh, little show note before we dive into this Advent stuff. Last week, I talked up the Star Wars movie like crazy as... Uh, 
arguably the most anticipated thing this Advent. I, I, watch out. Uh, if you're listening to this, you might get struck by lightning because I'm about to. I'm joking, of course, but obviously a highly anticipated movie. I saw it on opening day. Sam and I saw it together. And uh, we thought about talking about it today. But when I talk about it, I want to talk about like full spoilers. So I'm going to give you all a couple of weeks, and then we'll do an episode where it's full spoilers talking about Star- like Star Wars The Last Jedi and Faith and where they intersect, where they don't, and that, that kind of thing, right? See, doing what we typically do on the show, not only are we trying to make Catholicism fun again by talking about things like Star Wars and Faith, but also what in the faith in, or what in the culture is true, good, and beautiful and can help us to grow in our faith, and what is not and parsing through those things. So... We will do that with Star Wars The Last Jedi here in just a couple of weeks. So uh, if you're listening to this now expecting that, that's why we're not doing it, because I want to give people at least another week or two to go see the movie. So let's get right into this. When I was a small child, very, very small, and this will date me just a little bit, I had a cassette tape. It wasn't retro. It wasn't vintage. It was the only thing available. I had a cassette tape. And it was all these Christian songs by Christian artists who were country artists. So, you know, like, amazing grace, you know, that, that kind of thing, right? Well, there's a song on there that I had never heard before. You know, I, I probably had this when I was like six, seven, eight, nine, you know, somewhere in there. One of the songs on there that I've always enjoyed was this song called People Get Ready. And I don't know if you've ever heard it before. It was written uh, many, many years ago by this guy named Curtis Mayfield. It's been covered a couple times. Like Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart covered it uh, when he was popular. You know, so it, it's been a while, right? There were cassette tapes, cassette tapes, and Rod Stewart was popular. So it's been a while since this song was popular. So you might not have heard it. But it's all, you'll hear it in a second. We're going to play it for you. But the reason that I want to play it for you is that this Advent, it has been stuck in my head every single day of Advent. It wasn't, I have not heard this song in 15 to 18 years. Like it's been a very long time since I heard this song. Then all of a sudden in this season of waiting, in this season of anticipating Christ at Christmas, it just got stuck in my head. It's been there. Ever since, and maybe you'll see why. So we're going to play it for you now. This is People Get Ready, written by Curtis Mayfield, performed by the beloved Rod Stewart. Here we go. People get ready. There's a train of calling. You don't need no package. You just keep on going. All you need is faith Don't need no ticket, you just thank the Lord. So 80s, I love it. <laughs> get ready for the train to Jordan, picking up passengers from coast to coast. Faith is the key. Yeah. 
So there you have it. People get ready by everyone's favorite, Rod Stewart playing a very 80s style of guitar. So the reason that I love this song the most, and I think the reason that it's popped into my head, you probably have picked up on it, is that one of the things of the themes of this Advent season that the church gives us is not only preparing for Jesus to come into our hearts in a special way on Christmas Day, but also preparing for Jesus to come back again in his glory. Like we need to prepare our hearts so that we can be a people that is ready for when he comes back to us. So if we look at the lyrics, there's a train coming. You don't need a, you don't need a ticket. You don't need baggage. Just get on board. Right? So the train is leading to Jesus. Like this is the train to heaven. Right? He says, all you need is faith to hear the diesels humming. Uh, you don't need a ticket. You just thank the Lord. So like the, he's the kind of this idea that like heaven is not exclusive. Like when Jesus comes back, he's, he's coming back for all those who had a chance to love him, which is all of us. Like we all have this chance. Uh, it's picking up passengers from coast to coast. The same idea. Uh, faith is the key to open the doors and boredom. There's room for all among the love the most. And here's an interesting line. I had a conversation with, uh, uh, one of the girls that I was, uh, I actually recorded uh, this song because it's been stuck in my head for three weeks. So I said, you know what? I finally record the song, put it up on YouTube, put it up on my website. You can check that out now, fortecatholic.com. It'll be on the homepage. Just look for People Get Ready cover and you'll find it. Me and Becca Landry, who have been on the show, uh, recorded a cover of this together. And she was like, wait, <laughs> isn't this kind of uh, against the the song's idea because that the, there's the the last verse we listened to there ain't no room for the hopeless sinner it's like wait what <laughs> i thought it was open to everybody uh who would hurt all mankind to save their own have pity on those whose chances are thinner because there's no hiding place from the, from the kingdom's throne and it's this i think this is one of the big ideas of advent is that like we are all in need of jesus we're all in need of him bringing us into heaven on his train and that stick with me here, like in the, in the allegory of this song. Right. But when we become hopeless is when we're all about like hurting other people and just, just worrying about ourselves where we, where we say like, we don't need Jesus. We don't need this savior. It's like, we're good. So this Advent season, it's like, look, you know, like, and, and I say that and everybody's like, that's not me, but I think, we all have a little bit of that in ourselves. Well, we all have that little thing that we struggle with where it's like, where am I saying like, Oh, I don't need help with that. Or I'm fine. Or this won't hurt anybody, but actually it might actually hurt somebody. So I think that's what this whole season is about. These little, this time to just reflect and look at our lives and say, are we ready? Are we a people that are ready for when Jesus comes back or for our own, for our own passing. So, um, yeah, check, check the song out. If you want, there are, other, if you hate Rod Stewart, I hope that doesn't, uh, t- uh, color your, uh, your listening to this song. There's dozens of other people, p- 
dozens of other people have uh, covered it as well. Check it out. I've been praying with it a lot. And uh, yeah, if you want to see me and Becca play it, go check it out on the website. So let's dive into this Sunday's Advent readings, the fourth Sunday of Advent, because there's a cool connection to it. Because we'll, uh, we're going to get to the gospel. And just to kind of give you an overview, the gospel is the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and saying, you know, Mary, you're going to have a baby. Like that, We've all kind of heard that story. We're going to look at it in a little depth here in a second. But I, I, I love how the church gives us the Old Testament reading, the New Testament reading, and the gospel. Because a lot of times... We need all three of them to see the full picture of what God wants to share with us. And a lot of times that connection between all the readings is like, wait, what? Like, How do these connect? This week is a really cool connection because the first reading is from the book of 2 Samuel. It's talking about King David. And it says that King David was settled in his palace and the Lord was had given him rest from his enemies on every side, he said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God dwells in the tent. So the, the ark that they made that you've heard throughout the Old Testament that it carries God's presence, it carries the Torah, it carries the staff of Aaron, it carries the, the Ten Commandments. Uh, this is how, like that's how they encountered God. And it, it, they, they kept it out in the tent and David's sitting here in his palace made of cedar Wait, something's wrong here, right? I'm living in this nice house. God has blessed me, but he dwells in a tent. We should do a little bit better. And then Nathan said to the king, go do whatever you have in mind for the Lord is with you. But then the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, go tell my servant, David, uh, should you build me a house to dwell in? So David has this great idea. I'm going to build God a house. And later in the, in the, in the reading, Nathan comes back says, the Lord reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you sprung from your loins and I will make his kingdom firm. I will be a father to him and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. So here's the deal. <laughs> this is why I love kind of the reward of Christmas after Advent the reward of Easter after Lent is a lot of times we are like David and we have this realization. I'm living in this nice house. This is David's. I'm living in this nice house, but I need to do something better for God, which I think a lot of times in this Advent, like we can have that same kind of thought. Oh, like I'm doing well, but my prayer life's kind of struggling. I need to pray a little bit more this Advent, or I really need to get to confession this Advent, which is a great thing. David wanting to build God a, a, how, a better house, a temple, right, is a good idea. But what the Lord says to him after he tells the Lord, I want to do this for you, the Lord's like, I could see this like a, a, a child giving a gift to a parent. You know, this Christmas, kids everywhere are going to, you know, make something at school for their parents' Christmas gift. It's like, oh, thanks, honey. You made me a snowflake made out of paper. Like... <laughs> It's so cute. And the parents are like so overjoyed by it. But like if I gave that to another adult, like what the heck is wrong with you? Why would you give me a paper snowflake? And that's kind of what it seems like God the Father is doing here to, doing here in this story. It's like, David, thank you for wanting to build a house for me. It's like, actually, I'm good. I have heaven. Like I like it here. right? But he says, because of this, 
I'm going to establish a house for you. You wanted to make a house for me. I'm going to make one for you. And even after you die, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Because we all know that this Jesus in the line of David that we hear about in this gospel, it even says a virgin betrothed Joseph of the house of David. And it's to her, the angel Gabriel says, hail full of grace. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. You found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall name him Jesus. He will be great, will be called son of the most high, which is the promise from second Samuel. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There will be no end. So this promise that, that Jesus or that God made David comes to fulfillment in Jesus. So how can the promises that God has given to you come to fulfillment in this last week of Advent and in this Christmas season for you? I I hope it goes extremely well for you. My blessings from me, from Sam, all of us here at Forte Catholic, for you and your family at Christmas. Uh, We're going to keep the show going. We'll be right back with our secret surprise guest. back to Forte Catholic with your host, Taylor Schroll. If you're a regular listener of the Forte Catholic radio show or podcast, you know that typically in the second segment is where we have a special guest on. We do an interview, talk about what they're up to, get their perspective on the faith, and uh, typically around a topic that they are a master in, right? Uh, so I typically book these guests days in advance, weeks in advance, sometimes even months in advance. So a couple of months ago, I think around in uh, August or so, I booked a great guest who, for reasons you'll know in a minute, will remain nameless for the time being, <laughs> booked in to, to come talk about uh, about a topic. I can't even give that away because we ended up talking about that topic. I pulled in a guest last minute to cover for him. The last time, because here's what happened in August when he was supposed to be on, we called him like right before the show started just to like double check. Hey, you're going to be able to come on. And uh, I call him and he's like, oh, uh, man, my kid broke his arm and I'm driving from out of state back to my home in Ohio. Uh, see, I narrowed it down. It's someone in Ohio, guys. Okay. So uh, it, now you know who it is, I'm guessing. It's Scott Hahn. I'm just kidding. It's not Scott Hahn. So his kid broke his arm. So he was like driving back from out of state into uh, Ohio to uh, to be with his kid, to help his kid. I was like, dude, no worries. It's fine. I ended up calling another guest, Tony Hendricks, who came on to the show, and she did it last minute, and she hated me for it, but she did a great job (laughs) on the radio. So we rescheduled this guy back from August to tonight, and uh, here he is. Uh, Oh, no, 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 he's not here. So (laughs) I I texted him a couple hours ago, again, to confirm that he was coming on tonight, and he said, I'm not even kidding. I have the flu and strep. And I'm like, I don't know if you can have both of those at the same time. I thought he was kidding. He's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm deathly ill. I was like, oh. So I just started sending him gifts, like <laughs> gifs, gifs, whatever, of like get well soon and like in scrubs where they like just pour kittens onto a sick body. So then I was like, you know what? 
it's fine. I'll figure something else out. We've got a, uh, we had a guy come into a Blaze Ministries today to do a training on discipleship, like doing small group discipleship. His name's Everett Fritz. And so I uh, kind of asked him last minute, hey, since you're in town, I'll take you out to eat. Uh, then we'll do the radio show. And then, like, I didn't know if you had a car or what. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll be your host tonight, right? I'll take you out to dinner, drive you around town, do whatever you want to do. Then we'll do the radio interview and go from there. Great idea, right? Uh, he's, very, he's a very busy man. <laughs> he actually has to drive to Fort Worth because t- tonight, because he's doing a training tomorrow in Fort Worth. So he's not able to do it this time. Uh, he is going to come on in January because he's going to come back and do part two of, the, of his training for our staff. So that all happens this afternoon, a couple of hours before we actually record the show. So then I'm like, okay, what are we going to do here? So then I ask, uh, I ask around and, you know, at this point, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel, uh, just grasping for straws. And uh, I found someone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian Baudouin is uh, joining us here in the studio. Uh, Brian, say hi, man. Hi, from the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> from the bottom of the barrel. Uh, so Brian is a, is a friend of mine uh, and... Uh, if you've listened to the show before, you've never heard Brian, but you have heard Brian's content. See, what I do here at Forte Catholic is I, Brian does not have a radio show or any kind of platform whatsoever. So I, I, I steal his material, put it on the air, sometimes say it's mine, sometimes say it's his. <laughs> and, and, and it's great. Last week, actually, we were talking about uh, Marvel's Infinity War. I did give you credit, by the yes. way. Uh, he hasn't listened to the episode yet. But uh, Brian is an avid listener of the show. Um, Brian, uh, what, so here, first question, just to get it out of the way. Uh, why do you like me and my show so much? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, technically for you guys who don't know, I, I'm a missionary with the Blaze Ministries. And Taylor is kind of sort of my boss. <laughs> <laughs> so answer the question. <laughs> No, uh, no. I mean, you're being I, like John the Baptist and avoiding the question. Avoiding the question, you know. Well, actually, my first encounter with the show uh, was providing content for it that you actually had <laughs> to ask how, me for because I didn't work for you at the that's time. That's how this all started. That's correct. So many, many episodes ago, where where I met you, we could go and bore into this story. I met you at a retreat, and you gave a talk at that retreat. And I said, you know what? I'm going to steal this guy's content and then hire him. So <laughs> I did ask permission to use the content then. The last three, three weeks, I just didn't, and I stole it without permission. So. Yes. But yeah, because before I worked for you, that's something you had to do. Right, like, right. So yeah. now anything you say that's good is mine. Anything you say is bad is fireable. So. <laughs> or just things to make you frustrated in the office. Yeah, that's, you are very good at that, by the way. <laughs> that's your best skill at work. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Pope Francis said he wanted the youth to be annoying and make a mess. And, you know, if I'm serving the youth, then that's what I got to do, right? I think you're paraphrasing there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just slightly. Just a little. Just slightly, yes. Well, I knew the content was good because, yeah, like Taylor said, so I was youth minister in Tyler uh, for about four years in East Texas. Um, I was doing a talk at the Pines Catholic Camp for a retreat. Taylor was brought in to do music. And I think that was a point where uh, Taylor knew that – I was someone he needed to steal content from because I've been told it's a very big compliment. I gave a talk that made him put down video games. It's very hard to do, even in mass, even during homily. Like it's just, <laughs> just I'm just, I'm kidding, guys. That was a joke. 
Although uh, you can listen to uh, a few episodes ago where we talked about how the offertory is uh, Catholic mass intermission, but that's that's for another day. So he he did. Uh, I uh, I did. I most time when I go in and I do worship at retreats, I'll engage with the kids like during game time and I'll kind of get to know them or whatever. But during their talks, like you know, I a lot of talks at youth retreats aren't very good. So uh, so I tend to not listen. But I was playing video games, and I'm an auditory guy anyway. So, like, I'll play video games and listen to podcasts, and I'm, like, completely into the podcast. I know a lot of people, if they're visual learners or, or they like reading or whatever, like, they can't read and listen to music. But I can, I can do aimless things like play video games and listen and still comprehend these things. So that's, I mean, honestly what I do at these retreats. I'm still listening, playing this video game on silent. But yours was so good that I, I did. I put it down, and I was engaged, and I was like, what is happening to me? <laughs> And it was good. On that one talk, I was like, you know what? I'm going to hire this guy. <laughs> so. Yep. And, and actually, it didn't even happen for about four months, you know, because, I mean, I told Taylor I was thinking about another job at the time. And I just texted him three or four months later, and he told me this thing about a blaze. And I said, that sounds great. And then I looked up that I didn't have – that you had to raise your own salary. And somehow Taylor convinced me to – Take a job without a salary to come down and hang out in College Station. You're very welcome. So, uh, <laughs> Brian is joining me and Sam here in the studio today. We're going to be talking about, like, this is the last week of Advent, right? Because the, the fourth Sunday of Advent happens, and then literally within the same day, Christmas Eve happens. It's this whole ordeal we'll talk about. It's just this thing, right? Crazy. We've talked about it on the show. So, uh, what I want to talk about with the two of you today is in this last week of Advent, what are the best ways to prepare for this Christmas season? Because we only have days left. I mean, but this this is the last podcast going out before Christmas. Last week, we had a lot of fun playing games, talking about Christmas and about Advent. Uh, the beginning of, the, of Advent, we talked about preparation. But a lot of times, uh, maybe not so much in Advent, but I think it does happen. But like in Lent, you know, people are like, I'm going to give up chocolate for Lent four days in. They're eating chocolate every day. It's like, oh, I already messed up once and uh, it's too late now. So I want to dive into that now because I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a great Advent. And then they don't, you know, like don't do anything for the first three weeks or like it didn't go as well as they planned. Like, don't throw it all out, right? Like you still have a day, two days, five days, seven days, like whatever it is for you listening to this show right now. You still have a ch- have a time to prepare your heart uh, for Jesus to come into your heart in a special way this Christmas season. So, Brian, we'll start with you. Uh, what are some of the best ways to prepare for Advent, and maybe like what was your best Advent you've ever had? Absolutely, I'm a huge believer in the power of habit, and I think even if you haven't uh, had a great Advent so far, it's never too late to get started on something you've always wanted to do a good habit. Um, I know Matthew Kelly and Diamond Catholic do a great job putting out daily videos for Advent inspiration, but I think it's also a really good time. If you've ever thought about, man, I really want to you know, read the Bible in a year or just read through an entire book of the Bible or get that habit down, um, especially in this last week, um, just deciding to start that now and not waiting for Lent another season could be a very powerful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you have another one too. What's, uh, what else you got for us? Um, yeah, so if you are a fan of like Marian devotions, like the whole consecration to Mary, um, if there's a like organization in the church, I know this is a crazy time around church. And as someone who's worked for a church, I know there's somebody in your parish uh, who is drowning in work right now who would love for you to step up and help out. 
<laughs> Coming from a man who's worked in church ministry for a long time, he knows for sure. Uh, Sam, what about you? What how do what are the best ways to prepare for Advent in your book? I mean, I think the biggest way, and this is we've kind of already touched on it a little bit, but just trying to change something in your prayer to do something specific for Advent. Something I try to do is like try to take a retreat, which I actually got to go do that last week or the week before. I don't remember. Again, you're welcome. <laughs> so I got to go on. It was just a day retreat. So I know sometimes that can be really intimidating to, oh gosh, where am I going to find a retreat? Even if you can find an hour or two hours or half a day or a whole day, just to take some time to find peace and find just like, just a, just a peace in your life. I feel like, especially during Advent, everything's just really crazy. So just to find a time to and like remember what what this is all about where are we all leading towards right now yeah the church is brilliant in this we're coming out of like the busiest season and a lot of people especially for students their busiest time is the first two weeks of advent you got finals week or papers week and then finals week right and then for a lot of people at work it's like i have to accomplish this before the year is over and it's this uh big these two combating things of busiest season ever a lot of people are traveling at the end of the at the end of the month so you put all that in there and then uh for for guys or or women who work and then you have you know have to slash get to spend time with your kids for four weeks it's like i mean they all of this adds into a ton of craziness right and in the midst of all that the church was like we need to remind them during this month to slow down and to find this piece that sam's talking about because we absolutely desperately need it especially in this season. And, but the big thing about Christmas being the end of this Advent season is that is the stuff that Jesus wants to break into. He's not waiting for us to be perfectly peaceful. He did not wait for a perfect world to come back or to come into, to be born into. He was born into uh, the Roman regime, into a time where the Jewish people were uh, lost and floundering, into a time of, of lawlessness, into a time of craziness. And yet he came and was born peacefully in a stable. Like even there, it's this, like that's hectic. Like we talked about last week for Joseph and Mary, but there's this peace available in him coming into that. So like that's what he wants to do for you this Christmas time. So since this is our last episode, oh, I didn't answer. You I did didn't not. give my <laughs> answer. We're about to move on Wait. and uh, leave the best answer unsaid. So, <laughs> Waiting your little nugget of wisdom you're going to drop <laughs> for us. You can nugget. also receive confession during this time as well. It's, it's a great yeah, this, add-on this, there. This Christmas season, this whole like God becoming a baby thing is all about humility. So uh, <laughs> maybe I could take a note out of that book. So the big, the big one for me, I was trying to think, like, what's the best Advent I've ever had? Because I kind of think Advent is like the redheaded stepchild of Lent. Sorry to the little redheaded people listening to the show. Um, God loves you, too. Even you, God loves. So uh, what makes a good Advent? And I was thinking, my best Advent might be this one. Which is interesting because it's not like I've been super holy or it's the biggest time where I've grown a ton in my, in my life. Like, it's probably not that. What it has been for me is that, is this idea that I was talking about a second ago, is that in the midst of what, the end of one of the busiest seasons in my life, work-wise, having a third baby, like, in the midst of all of that, 
God has been reminding me and calling me to this silence and this return to me kind of idea. And most of you know, I'm a huge podcast listener. I listen to podcasts 24, like I'll walk around with headphones on every time I'm driving in my car, I'm listening to podcasts. The one that has helped me the most, I listened to it before um, sporadically, but I've been trying to listen every day and I've listened most days in Advent. It's called Pray As You Go. It's from the, these Jesuits in, in Europe. So they have you know British accents and it's amazing. But what it is, it's 10 to 15 minutes long every day. Um, they give you time for something. Like the first three minutes is always like some kind of old style hymn where it's just like slow down, right? So I'll listen to my car and the deal I make with myself is I'm going to listen to this in my car, either in my drive to work or from work. I got to do it on one of them. Otherwise, it's not going to happen, right? So either in the morning or in the afternoon when I'm driving back, I'm listening to um, to this. And it's a hymn. Then they read one of the readings for the day. And then they ask you a question. They, they'll ask you a question, like a reflection question on the scripture. And then they'll just play soft music for two, two three minutes. Then they ask you another question. Do that. And then they read the, they read the, they read the reading again. And then they go, so it's 50, 10, 15 minutes of just relaxing, calm, praying. That's been a big thing helping me out. So uh, check it out. Pray as you go. I know it's on iTunes. It's probably on all the other platforms too. Um, try it out. Maybe, maybe in these last few days of Advent, but I, they do it all year too. So maybe it's something that you'll find that you like as well. So uh, rapid fire here in our last two minutes of this, of this segment. Favorite Christmas memory. Brian, we'll start with you. My favorite Christmas memory is uh, flying back home to Maryland. I have a half-sister. Uh, she's about 13 years younger than me. When she was eight or nine, I flew home, and she was waiting in the airport with a giant, like, welcome home Brian sign. It was one of my first Christmases, uh, not being there on Christmas Day, so I had to fly in the next day, and that was really special. Oh, Okay, Sam? Uh, mine's going to sound really cheesy now. Uh, one of my favorite Christmas memories is when I got my dog. Uh, it's a little chihuahua. And I thought it was one of those beanie babies. And then it moved. And literally on camera, we have the saying, it's alive. And that was it. it was <laughs> this, really... was, this was last year, guys. It wasn't last year. <laughs> my favorite Christmas memory. I might have shared it before, but uh, my mom gave me this wish box in October. And she said, write, it on, on, write on a piece of paper, put it in the wish box, what you want every day. With the idea of you know the thing that you ask for the most is what you'll get. The other rule was you can't ask for a Nintendo 64. This is the, the Christmas that it came out. So what did I do? Being the jerk that I am, <laughs> I wrote N64 on every single piece of paper, put it in there. Uh, my mom found it, was super angry at me. <laughs> and then Christmas morning, I still thought they'd get it. Open all my presents. It wasn't there. I started tearing up. was about to cry. My dad went upstairs, walked downstairs with a Nintendo 64. <laughs> It's the greatest Christmas of all time. Success. It was absolutely fantastic. So, guys, we'll be back with our final segment. Brian's going to stick around. We're going to play a game. Uh, we'll be right back. Take Catholic Radio with your host Taylor Schroll. Here in our final segment of the day, our final segment before Christmas, guys. This is going to be great. Um, I did want to finish by playing a game, and I played this. I went through this game earlier, and I just have to tell you, I was terrible at it. So it's probably going to be pretty tough. Either that, or I'm really stupid. And in my 
in my uh, experience with myself, I'm fairly stupid, but not completely stupid. So I kind of feel like this is going to be a difficult game for you uh, as well. So before I uh, before we move on, speaking of games on Forte Catholic, there is something we have to address. Last week, I finally, for once, got to be a participant in the game. I gave up control of asking the questions to Sam. We've done that rarely in the past before. But you know what? I, I just decided I want to play a game either so I can win and look superior or lose and people will actually know that I'm human and not perfect. Because, I mean, I know that everyone that listens what? to the show just you know automatically thinks that. So um, I played this game against Mackenzie called Advent Bingo. She crushed me. She absolutely crushed me. There were some difficult questions, and I was... I know Mackenzie knows her faith, but I think she got literally every question right. And I got, you know, 90% of them right. Wasn't that far off, but I was like, dang, Mackenzie, like, I was impressed. Come to find out, (laughs) I got news today that her win is null and void. (gasps) And that I win by default. <laughs> because our good producer Sam friend here has informed me in a private meeting before today's show, she confided in me privately. And I will now proclaim publicly <laughs> that Mackenzie knew was a cheater. <laughs> she went through this game with Sam Shepard. Before Sam's youth night, she had already played the game and heard the answers, and I'm not angry at all. I like how you use all their last names for clarification purposes. I'd use their middle names if I knew them. (laughs) Very frustrated. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's not that big of a deal, but uh, this just proves once and for all that I can't be beaten. So so here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to play a game. To keep that, keep, to keep my winning streak going. <laughs> I can't lose if I don't play. So the game that we are going to play is called True or False Christmas Edition. And what we're going to be doing is I'm going to uh, be asking, or I'm going to be saying a statement. You have to write down, Sam and Brian, if this is true or false. Then we will discuss, and I will keep score. The winner in the studio will get nothing. But just like last week, if you beat me or Mackenzie, or if one of these two people cheat, (laughs) uh, Brian, I'm looking at you. Stop looking at my computer. Uh, So if you beat, get get more of these questions right than Sam or Brian, you will win a Forte Catholic t-shirt. So if you're playing along in your car... Or listen on the podcast. Just keep track of your score. And if you beat them, uh, let me know. And uh, one of you people that let me know that you beat them will get a Forte Catholic t-shirt of your shirt size sent straight to your door by Carrier Pigeon. So here we go. True or false Christmas edition. Both of you, Brian and Sam, write your answer on your pamphlet slash uh, whatever the heck you're writing with, Sam. Okay. True or false? And I, I do want to say the wording in all of this, it can be false because of one word. This is like your senior year test. It can be false because of one word. Do you all understand what you are about to in, embark in? 
I'm going to need a verbal yes. This is radio. Both of you are shaking your head yes. That doesn't work. Yes. See? Oh, my gosh. Now they're going to be the death of me. <laughs> Mackenzie's not here to do something weird about radio, so one of you had to do it. Speaking of which, Mackenzie is sick today, and I am now convinced it's because she cheated and the Lord is smiting her. So here we go. Here's, Slowly. <laughs> here's our game. It's a slow smiting. New Testament God. Okay. Mary and Joseph... Traveled to Nazareth because of a census ordered by Caesar Augustus. <clears throat> Mary and Joseph traveled to Nazareth because of a census ordered by Caesar Augustus. Sam, what'd you put? Lock in your answer. Do I, do I say it? Y- y- no, you whisper it to me or text it to me. Yes, you say it. False. False. Sam says false. I say false. You, you both say false. Yes. And you are both correct. Why is it false? I went to Bethlehem. Not Nazareth. You're correct. Okay, I was gonna. I was interested to see if Brian had a different reason, uh, because his name was Kaiser Augustus. <laughs> okay, because uh, Sam said so. <laughs> well, you're first from now. On. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, once in Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph were told by the innkeeper there is no room in the inn. Once in Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph were told by the innkeeper there is no room in the inn. Brian, what do you have? True. You have true? I also said true. You both ha- are tr- say true. Is it wrong? The answer is actually false. This, But to be fair, this one got me. There is no innkeeper ever mentioned uh, in really? the scripture. I'm, I'm a, we assume that they talked to one. I, I, I'm pretty sure 2,000 years ago there wasn't a no vacancy sign flashing outside <laughs> of the inn. But there's no innkeeper mentioned. I was going through this, and I pulled out my Bible to double check. The people who made these games right. <laughs> I was very <laughs> impressed. There's no innkeeper for the inn? Correct. There, oh. Yes. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Jesus was placed in a feeding trough after he was born. How do we know? Okay. Um. If only there was a book that told us these <laughs> things that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Jesus was placed in a feeding trough after he was born. Sam says? True. True. I say true. You are both correct. It says in the scriptures that is a manger, that it is a manger, and a manger is a feeding trough. That is true. Ah. So you both have two parents. Here we go. Listen carefully. Mm. A heavenly host appeared to the shepherds announcing his birth and saying praises to God. A heavenly host appeared to the shepherds announcing his birth and sang praises to God. Brian, we'll start with you. I say true. You say true? Oh, I said false. Uh, we're, somebody is in the lead. Which is? And it's? Brian. Brian has his hands up like it's him. It's not. It's Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, why is it false? Isn't it an angel of heavenly hosts? Is that why it's that answer? Uh, no, oh, you, you, I'll still give you the point, but <laughs> that's about the reason. <laughs> I it? didn't know this one. I got this one wrong. The Bible states that they said praises to God, not sang. Boo. So we all assume oh. that the angels sang it because we have the Gloria. Right. That's just a song. <laughs> it's not from the scriptures. So they and I again. They, I went and checked my Bible. They, they spoke twice. <laughs> they never sang anything. It's whatever. Okay. So Sam's in the lead, three to two, and hopefully someone is smarter than you two outside of this room and winning while listening to the show. Okay. 
Uh, or and why am I rooting for them? Why am I rooting for the listeners of the show? If if they win, I have to send them something for free, and I lose it's money. True. I'm yeah, rooting true. for you guys. Thank I'm you. rooting for Sam. Okay. <laughs> Wait, have you ever rooted for him before? Yeah. Did Wait. anyone win last week? That's what I needed to know. Yes. <gasps> Somebody beat Mackenzie at the bingo game that she cheated at. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You must be a psychic. It was my friend, uh, Twitter friend at Dude Catholic. Uh, listens to the sense. show. Uh, he has a podcast as well. I started listening to it a couple weeks ago. Check it out. It's good stuff. Um, next question. A bright star led the Magi from the East to where Jesus was born that first Christmas day. Is it true or is it false? Sam, we'll start with you. I said false. You said false? False. Why'd you say false? Because they were not there on Christmas Day. They didn't get there till later. You are correct. So Sam has four. Brian has three. Next question. The shepherds told Mary and Joseph what the angels had told them. The shepherds told Mary and Joseph what the angels had told them. Who's first? Brian? Brian, go first. Brian? uh, (laughs) uh, Fine, I say true. (laughs) I said false. Ooh. Someone was confident and someone was not. The unconfident one gets the point. Ah. (laughs) Brian got it. (laughs) That was true. They came and told... uh, Just think practically how weird that would be. They just show up. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they had to say something. Can I leave my sheep outside? I I thought it was going to be like, maybe they didn't tell them and I missed something. That's really what I thought. Gotcha. All right. Last couple of questions. Last few questions. The three magi presented Jesus with gifts when they arrived. The three magi presented Jesus with gifts when they arrived. Sam, we'll start with you. False. False? She looked at my paper. I said it was false. She... I didn't cheat off of you, Brian. <laughs> Why is it false? I don't need you. Be- because don't need the, Bible, you. the Bible never specifies that there were only three magi at the nativity scene. That's correct. It says that there were three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, so we just... Assume again because of songs, we three kings. What are we talking, yep. right? Um, <clears throat> next question: The Magi were kings that traveled from the east because they saw a star. Uh, Sam, I said false. Okay, I said false. Why? Uh, they they weren't all kings. They were like they wise were like men. astrologers. What is that? The right word? Right. Yeah. So the, uh, none of the wise men were king. Uh, the Magi was actually like a a job title. In in this day and age, they they studied the stars. They were astrologers. Um, wait, astrologers, ast- astronomers, Astro- astrology, they astronauts. I don't know. Astro- they were ast- they were astronauts. We'll go with this. <laughs> I was like, wait, which which one's looking at the stars just, and which just one's point like up? They do something up there. <laughs> yeah, they do something up there. They fix the roof. Okay. Um, I think I think this is the last one. No, we have a couple left. Um, Herod tried to kill baby kill Jesus. Sorry, Herod tried to kill Jesus by slaughtering all babies in Bethlehem under two years old. Herod tried to kill Jesus by slaughtering all babies in Bethlehem under two years old. Brian? Uh, I feel like it's going to be one word off, but I think it's true. I also said true. You're both correct. All right. Mary and Jesus fled to Egypt, and Joseph stayed behind to determine when it was safe for them to return. Wait, is that the next question? Wait, did we read it again? <laughs> Mary and Jesus fled to Egypt, and Joseph stayed behind to determine when it was safe for them to return. Uh, Brian? Uh, I s- say false. Sam? I also said false. You're correct. Why is it false? 
because uh, the angel told Joseph to take them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then uh, told Mary him and Jesus, that. you are in imminent danger. Now go away. <laughs> <laughs> what if the angel talked like a GPS for them to let go? Like he didn't say. Recalculating. <laughs> <laughs> Turn right here. That's, never mind. Okay. Mary, Joseph, and Jesus came back from Egypt because Joseph had a dream. Wait, I missed the question to say it again. Mary. <laughs> Go listen to the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mary, Joseph, and Jesus came back from Egypt because Joseph had a dream. Uh, Sam? True. True. You're both correct. Nine points for either of you at the moment. Ooh. The plot thickens. After returning from Egypt, Mary and Joseph lived in Jerusalem, then returned to Nazareth. After returning from Egypt, Mary and Joseph lived in Jerusalem, then returned to Nazareth. This, this is it. I say false. I said true. Dun, dun, dun. Brian, guess what? <gasps> they immediately went to Nazareth. So it's false. That's right. Nice. <laughs> Literally, I was like, they've been, last three have been true. So, And, and that's it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You didn't know the answer. So Brian wins 10 to 9. Which proves once and for all that Sam can't be anybody at a Forte Catholic game. Poor what? Sam. What? Poor Sam. You know what you can do to help Sam out, though? We have this Patreon account. <laughs> we have this Patreon account. Uh, we're currently at $15. People are donating $15 a month. So thank you to the three of you guys that are supporting us. Uh, we're getting fairly close to the point. There's, there's different levels, right? We have different goals. $20 a month just means that the show pays for itself. That I'm not personally losing money to put on this radio show. The next, we're almost there. The next level, up to forty dollars a month. I will take Sam, the producer, out. for all the hours of work she puts in. I will take her out to one free meal a month. <laughs> so, if you want to help out, does Sam get to choose where you go? It's we, Sam and I, for this one dinner a month or lunch a month, will have twenty dollars between the two of us. Sam's just nodding and not saying anything. Producer Sam needs needs some food. Sam does need Help some food. Out. So uh, patreon.com slash F-O-R-T-E Catholic. Uh, we're not the only people that get stuff out of this. You're not just throwing your money at us. Um, so you get exclusive behind-the-scenes content. There's now hours worth of content up on um, on Patreon that has not aired anywhere else. So go check it out if you're in the holiday-giving spirit. Go ahead and help us out in that way. Um, to finish up our show today, earlier we talked about uh, this coming week's gospel. I just had to share my random thoughts on last week's gospel. Those are fun. It was hilarious. So uh, last week's gospel, last week's gospel um, was about John the Baptist, and here's here's what you heard. And the reason I bring this up is because you're listening to this on Thursday on the radio or like Wednesday or later on the podcast, and you have probably forgotten what the gospel was, right? I have a little advantage of recording this on Monday, recording a little early because of the holidays. So it's kind of fresh on my mind. Here's what it says. I just want you to listen to John the Baptist's responses to this question. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him, uh, or they, they, they went to ask, who are you? He admitted, I am not the Christ. That's an odd question to answer. Hey, Brian, who are you? 
I'm not Susan. It's like, that. Uh, okay, that's not helpful. There's a doubt. <laughs> so then they asked him, they asked a follow-up question, because you have to at that point, who are you then? Are you Elijah? He skips the first question and just says, I am not. Again, doesn't say <laughs> who he is. He just answers, I am not. Then they ask, are you the prophet? He said, no. <laughs> so if you look at his three answers, he's being pestered by these people. His answers get a little shorter. I am not the Christ. I am not. No. <laughs> and then in my translation of the Bible, there's a little added one that says, go away. I'm just kidding. That's not actually in there. But uh, I, I just absolutely love this question. I love watching John the Baptist this way. They ask him another question. Final question. Who are you so we can give an answer? He says, I'm the voice of the one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. So obviously that's his job to proclaim this Jesus that we're preparing to receive this Christmas season. Uh, but he never says his name is John the Baptist, which I absolutely love. So whenever you're being annoyed by your family, friends, or neighbors this Christmas time, just remember John the Baptist and ask him to pray for you. He can help you out during that. We'll be back next week. Um, you guys have a Merry Christmas. See ya!